everybody, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Slam Dango. Uh, this is your host, one of two hosts, that is. This is uh, Sean Petrowski, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Craig Safisky. How you doing, Craig? Hey, Sean. How's it going, buddy? Doing pretty good. Good. It is a very special episode because we are here in the multi-million dollar Congelos family uh, recording podcast facility. Here in, uh, I believe we're in Wall Township. Is that correct? Wall? That's right. We're in Wall Township. That's Frank coming in there. That's our special guest for the next two episodes today. Uh, And the next episode, this is my longtime friend, Frank Congelo. Say hello, Frank, officially. What's up, guys? I'm glad you met that lofty Patreon goal to pay for my appearance fees and the studio fees today. (laughs) So I really appreciate that. Well, we hope that the uh, donation goes a long way in the Congelos family. <laughs> oh well. Uh, we uh, Craig traveled a great distance to be here. We are we are using a setup that is, gotta say, it's and, and we're not being facetious here. This is a top notch facility. It's here. beautiful. We have high uh, equipment that Craig and I would always dream of of having. Yeah. Um, I've seen professional podcasts that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of downloads that have crappier equipment than we're using right now that's right it's for sure it's pretty impressive it's nice so for the next two episodes this episode next week if they sound better than usual or we're able to pull out some fun special effects that we don't normally do it's because of the Congelos family so many thanks to them for hosting us today and uh recording this for us so tap, no, tap you're welcome tap to you, Frank. it's gonna be a good time i'm looking Absolutely. forward to it so uh as we've said many times, Craig, that Frank is the patron saint of this podcast, and he I, is. therefore he is. I, I could, I would not be okay if we had any other guest on before Frank as a special guest. No. Well, it's more like the architect of the shield. Yes, if you want to put it in wrestling terms. <laughs> yes. I am the Seth Rollins of this. Oh, does show. that make Frank, me? You are clearly the Dean Ambrose of this. Oh, okay, group. good. As long as I'm not Roman Reigns. I was like, wait, are you guys going to call me Roman Reigns? Because I don't want that. Well, you know, I was the one that shouted out the awkward uh, big dog clothings uh, thing at the last <laughs> Ring of Honor show. And uh, so I think that makes me on the caliber on the mic as Roman Reigns. That's fair. Okay. And I'm also the prettiest of the three of us. That's true. So, um, so yeah, Frank is the reason that we even have a podcast. Um, he was the one that pro- kind of said... He knew that I was watching a lot of these movies by myself and making Crystal watch them with me at times, and I was always trying to get Frank to watch them with me, and he'd be like, oh, I'm not wasting my time. Yeah, please, just watch Christmas Bounty. I, but I'm wait, telling you, I, it's awesome. I know it's Craig awesome. has a lot of time to waste. He doesn't have anything to do. Watch it with him. And Craig had been on my case about doing a podcast, so it just was. It all came together perfectly. It really um, came back to bite me in the ass. It has. <laughs> it has. So... Uh, Frank and I have known each other since college. We became friends, was your senior year of college, right? Yeah, was it junior, senior, you and I? Yeah. Or was it sophomore? No, junior, senior. Yeah, was junior. yeah. Uh, we happened to, and this is weird, actually. I just randomly took a seat in Dr. Amadio's database class next to Frank. And then Dr. Amadio said, you need to team up with somebody. And I literally just turned to Frank, and I was like, you want to be partners? And Frank was like, okay. And then, only to find out, Frank lived down the street, Vincenzo Drive. Yeah. It was in the North Dover section of Tom. That's our, that's our end of Tom's River, Craig. It's our hood. And they're here, Frank is this guy into same music as me, loves video games, loves movies. 
basically like, where where have you been my whole life? It's a match made in heaven. But the problem was, <laughs> I knew where you were. You weren't in North Dover. You were in you were in Mondon. I did. I didn't go to any public schools. Catholics had right. held yep. you hostage. So, uh, but that is that's what I learned all these things about Frank very quickly from database, and we become fast friends and. Yeah. Uh, I gave the best man speech at your wedding based on a That's, basically a coin toss. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you were part of my groomsmen, my crew of groomsmen with was, Craig yeah. also. Oh yeah. So it's uh, and I want to call it back to the first episode where you guys talked about going to Raw and seeing the Undertaker <laughs> almost get blown up. You were there. Weren't you, I was Frank? there. That was July thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Look at that, Frank with the pole. Actually, that makes me remember. That's why we were there. It was on my brother's birthday. That's right. Yeah. So that's my brother's birthday. We just like we all decided that's what we were gonna do. And I said, Sean, why don't you come with us? Yes. Because we're gonna go see Raw. That's but that's amazing. how big WWF was in the time. Yeah. That was like the thing to do yep. on Monday night in New Jersey. It that's was like a huge deal. And it was the summer. Yeah. It was in yeah. the summer, yeah. so we were able to go. Yeah. But yeah, oh that's right. I forgot you were at that. We were yeah, all we, there together. We didn't even know it, but we were. Uh just another parallel, Frank. Yep. We, weren't with, we weren't there together, but no. we were just all there at That's the same right. time watching the same show. Just like you were in North Dover with Craig and I, but you were in Catholic school. Two miles away. That's right. Three miles away. Yeah. Didn't even know. All right. So tonight we are going to be, today, whatever time of day it is you're listening, the first movie we're going to be talking about is Wrong Side of Town. Yeah. It's starring... Rob Van Dam and Dave Bautista. So those are the two wrestlers that we're going to kind of get you up to speed on very quickly. Now, um, I, I, I don't mean to correct you off the bat, but there's three wrestlers in this movie. Oh, well, you're going to have to... Who is it, Frank? Who's the third wrestler? The third wrestler is Mabel, also yes. known as Big Daddy V or Viscera. I, yes, that, I, I have a note. I have notes in there. I was like, yeah. is that Viscera? I think yeah. that's Viscera. Okay. No one else is that big. That's, but here's the thing. He's a cameo, so he doesn't deserve true. to be talked up at the beginning. True, true, true. Um, there's a lot of cameos in this movie. There are. That are also main parts. Kind of? Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. cameos well, did make the poster. That's true. Not not to spoil it. Right. <laughs> I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, guys. You know, we do have a format to follow. So, um, so let's talk about. So this is. I got a confession here. So, I can kind of talk a little bit about Rob Van Dam because yeah. I, like many of you, during the ECW heyday in the nineties, we were we we're talking this on the way over, Craig. Um, when ECW was its own company. And it was competing against WWF at the time. Yeah. Were you were you watching it? Here and there. Yeah, just like I, me. I wasn't. It was kind of hard to find a lot of times, and it was definitely like the more extreme. Like it was all like chairs and barbed wire and shit like that. And I was like way into what I had seen, but it was like it was almost like you had to find somebody that had a tape of it. Or something randomly because we just weren't buying like only pay-per-view things at the time. Right. So we were talking about it on the way over here. Frank and I drove over here together. Um, and Frank had asked me, how did I, did I watch it? And if so, how did I? And it was, I don't know if you remember this. It used to be on MSG mm-hmm. Network, Madison Square Garden Network, okay. which is where we watch our Red Bulls. And um, it would be on at like 1.30 in the morning on a Saturday. So yeah. I wouldn't catch it all the time. And then they would like rerun it in the middle of the night during the week. And every once in a while, my dad would always be like, yo, I fell asleep on the couch and then I woke up and 
right before I went to bed and ECW was on. He's like, you got to watch it. It's crazy. And uh, But that's how I would get it. And I wouldn't – it wasn't appointment TV for me. No. But I, I would call yeah. it, I would get it. I would either – Somehow randomly see it like that, or if I was uh, like at a friend's house or something right. who had a tape. A tape of it. That was yeah. a big thing, man. Tapes. Yeah. So, and I know, Frank, you said you were in the same boat. You kind of didn't watch it every week, but you. Yeah, I I believe it was MSG, and I tried to videotape it. Like, I'd set my VCR to yeah. tape it every Saturday, and it was, it was super late. One, two in the morning, but I remember just stumbling across it one night, and I was hooked. And... To be honest, the first wrestler that I gravitated to was Rob Van Dam. I was just going to say, too, Rob Van Dam, to me, I know there's some people that are more serious ECW fans than I am. And again, ECW stands for Extreme Championship Wrestling, was based out of South Philadelphia. The 2300 Arena, where we go typically to go see Ring of Honor, is the arena where every ECW show was basically filmed. Uh, and it was owned and operated by Paul Heyman. Um, you know... Uh, I'm sure some people would argue that there are other wrestlers that I think are kind of the flagship wrestler that represents the ECW brand. But to me, like Frank just said, Rob Van Dam was kind of the first guy that I kind of paid attention to, gravitated to. He just had a, a unique style about him, just and his character was interesting. And he, yeah, it was yeah. that whole team was awesome. I mean, you had Rob Van Dam doing all the flippy stuff that you didn't see much of in WWF no. at the no. time, right? No, no, and then no. you had. Crazy Sabu with him. Right. I was going to say, was, Rob Van Dam and Sabu were the two first names sure. yeah. I think of. And then yeah. you had Bill Alfonso, their manager, running around the ring with the whistle in his mouth the that's entire right. time. <laughs> that guy that's of the ma- Yeah, guy. but it was awesome. Yeah. It was just an awesome dynamic that yeah. team had, and it was really fun to watch. I think it was it was those guys in the Dudleys. I think yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like Sandman was Sandman, another big one. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer. I mean, there's a yeah, whole list Tommy. of guys we could... We could do a whole episode about. I just saw Tommy Dreamer on a uh, episode of uh, Impractical Jokers. Uh, oh, oh, how about wow. that? Wow. Yeah. So Rob Van Dam again, probably the marquee, kind of the John Cena of the ECW world. For those of you that are not familiar, he so was the guy. He was also, uh, you know, their champion for a long period of time. Kind of was this, the flag bearer for the brands. Um, after ECW got bought out by WWE in the late '90s, early 2000s period. Rob Van Dam went over to WWE uh, and became a major player in WWE in the early 2000s. This was around the time where I definitely was out. I was not yeah, watching. No, me too. I was right. out too, and apparently he had like this huge career that we all missed. Yeah, yeah. and I, w- one thing that's uh, one thing that stands out for me since I've done some research about Rob's uh, resurgence in WWE at that time, they actually did. They actually had a show. I don't know if you guys know this, but it was on Sci-Fi Channel on Thursdays, and they actually called it ECW. And they had it was treated like a separate show, kind of like what they're doing now yeah, with Two Hundred Five Live. I, and stuff. I remember, I remember that existing. It wasn't, I wasn't watching, but I remember that they, even when WWE still owned ECW, they had like a, they kept it like a separate show. It's like for a, a while. third brand because yeah. it was SmackDown, Raw, and ECW. Yeah, um, they actually did a special pay per view to kind of sunset the entire ECW brand. Uh, and it was like uh, they, they called a one one night stand, and they did two mm-hmm. of them. But yeah. the second one, my understanding was, is that Robin Van Van Dam had left the company for a while uh, before this one. This was like two thousand three or two thousand six or something like that. I, I don't have the figures off the top of my head. But they wanted to kind of properly send off the ECW brand forever in mm-hmm. WWE, and they had put this pay per view together, and they brought Rob Van Dam back, and he ended up winning. 
the championship at that pay per view. So like the final. Right. And no, I think it was even. I think it might have even been. Maybe I'll look it up here. It, I think it was at that pay per view. It was the actual um, WWE championship that was on the line. Oh, because okay. Rob had has had a WWE championship run. Yeah. Um, here it is, right here. Yeah, one time champion WWE, uh, and I believe he won that at that. And then that was the beginning his kickoff. He's they had it at that Manhattan Center, that theater that they would often have their pay per views at the the ball, Hammerstein. That's right, yeah. the Hammerstein Ballroom. Which is where they would have all those uh, ECW pay-per-views. You've seen it probably with the two stories Mm -hmm. and the elaborate balconies. Yeah. And they had it there, and Paul Heyman came, and uh, Rob Van Dam came, and then won. It was was a crazy thing. It's an awesome pay-per-view. If you have the network, you should definitely check in. There you go. Both of them. We'll have to check that out. It's awesome. So Rob Van Dam, his character, it's weird. He comes out in a singlet that's often airbrushed with horrible artwork. It looks like he got it from the seaside boardwalk. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, A lot of dragons, typically. Some yin-yangs are always involved. It's like uh, he, he has like a very much like I'm a white martial artist. Right. Vibe to him, like I'm very into the Eastern cultures, right? Uh, but he's and marijuana, not. yeah, and yeah, yeah, he's very into marijuana. The and, other thing about Rob Van Dam is obviously the connection <laughs> with his name Van Dam to Jean Claude Van Dam, who he, we're all big fans. I of I was thinking this while we were watching the movie, and yeah. he definitely looks a little bit bigger in the movie than I ever remember him being, like more built mm-hmm. and more like unable to hold his arms down. Well, that mo- this movie is also seven years ago, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But you're right, he's. He's more built than I ever remember him being. But I do I, I was thinking the whole time I'm like, he looks like a combination of Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Like if you oh, mush yeah, them true. together, yeah, 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 you, yeah. that's Rob Van Damme. He's got the shitty ponytail. Yeah, yeah right. Uh it's it's tight. It's, it's a tight ponytail. Tight. And it throughout this movie it does not move. Doesn't no. move. Not no. one time. You think even like a triple H where Triple H keeps his ponytail back in the movie most of the time, but there's always at least one scene where he lets his hair fly. Right. Like Not in Inside r- Out when he was banging Parker Posey. Exactly. Those, those locks were flowing. He wakes up and he looks like a golden god. He did. Yeah, no. There are no... No golden <laughs> god shots in this one. That nope. tight ponytail is the third star of this movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Robin Dan, he's it's kind of weird because we always talk about the characters and everybody has a very strong character. Rob Van Dam's character is is that he was an ECW legend and, and yeah. that he's a laid back guy and that's really all there is to it and people love him because he's this connection to the ECW and people have a very strong love and and affection for the ECW uh, history. Yeah, so like, I, I think, they think of them as like hardcore legends. Exactly, like these guys were real badass and did it before you know the, anybody else would let them. So in terms of backstory or anything we could tell you that's interesting about Rob Van Dam, there's not much to it. It's really just a list of accomplishments that he's uh, uh, you know accomplished in his career at ECW and WWE. Yeah. And the character is I was a big deal in ECW uh, and that's why everybody loves me. And he's been out. He came back a couple years ago, I think like 2013, 2014. Was when we got Frank when you and I got back into wrestling, he was there. Yeah, it for was, like a year or two, and then he was like, and he hasn't been back since the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania Thirty, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, and then he came back for the year. Yeah, before Thirty One. Right, know? and then yeah. he's been gone ever since. So he still wrestles on the independent scene. He's a great entertainer. I think he's kind of getting older now. So his when you watch him, he's not as 
one thing we're kind of stressed earlier, I think some one of you said it. He's kind of like a, a high flyer. He's got a lot of like a lot of lucha libre type of moves. Mm, yeah, which is kicks kinda, and splits. Yeah, right. You got to be young and in shape and in, and in, in top performance to be able to do these types of moves. And he's now uh, he's got to be getting close to fifty now. No, he's. I got the date right here. Uh, he is actually forty six. So yeah, four okay, years yeah. away from fifty. Uh, 46 is pretty old to be doing like double backflips off the top rope. And he's still doing them, and he still pulls them off. But you can see these a little bit of a half step behind that he used to be. So uh, I think that's part of the reason why he's not pushing to be in the WWE anymore is because it it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Rob Van Dam. The other big star of this movie is international superstar Dave Bautista. Now this is I think we were talking about this before as before we hit the record button. Dave Batista, he had his entire career happened while we were not watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go guess here. Uh, Probably 2002 to 2010, something like that. Two, I'm gonna 2003. Yeah, basically to 2010. So yeah. it was a big seven year run where we were not watching wrestling. Um, so I, you know, listen. I knew who Dave. I knew the name Dave Batista. I knew who he was. He was in WWE at the time. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything else outside of that. Well, I know he came up with that like all star class of wrestlers from OVW, which was NXT before it was FCW. Right. It was OVW run by uh, Jim Cornette, mm-hmm. and so OVW is Ohio Valley Wrestling, and that class was like John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Dave Batista, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, right. You had all the... It was incredible. It's a like all the stars of a today. who's who, right. Yeah, and then Batista came in, and he was Deacon Batista, I believe. Right. That's he, he wore a suit with no sleeves. <laughs> oh, um, and then he joined uh, Evolution with Triple H, Ric Flair, Randy Orton. And right. they did this whole sort of like Four Horsemen gimmick where they were... Right. They had the legend... Know, yeah. The established, which was Triple H, the established pro, and then you had the two young guys, Randy Orton. Yeah, I just remember seeing Batista. like the photos of them, like wearing expensive suits, suits, standing outside of like jets and limos. Yeah, kind of like, like we uh, run this place. We're super rich, like we're a, arrogant. The before, like you said, the yeah, horseman yeah. in the eighties kind of thing. Does he have a um, like a familial link to wrestling, like Orton does? And how when those guys came up, they were like, "We're the next generation," kind of. No, or, I and I think just, he got into yeah. it like. In his early to mid thirties, too. Like, yeah, because he's 48, 49. Yeah, we're just talking pushed, about it. He's, he's, he's an older guy 50. too. I mean, he's he's massive. And yeah, he is. He's massive. in very good shape for 48, 49 years old. But. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. So he had this entire run in WWE. Uh, he was a multi-time champion. He was a fan favorite. Um, he was part of Evolution, which was probably one of the bigger stables of the modern era now. Um, and then he won the Rumble. The first one after 29. So, yeah, so let's, let's yeah. the important fact there, Frank, is that he had been gone from wrestling yeah. for a long period of time. Tried to make it as a movie star and film this movie during that it's time It's been away. an interesting past four years for him. Absolutely. Because yeah. he tried to make these movies. He ended up making a bunch of direct-to-video movies. This is being one of them. Mm. Then he <sighs> came back to WWE because he was going to be in, he got cast in Guardians of the Galaxy. Before that, though, I think he oh, was right. he came back for Riz's movie, Man with the Golden oh, Arms. That's what it Is that was. what it's called? The, the Man with the Iron Fist? Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that Tarantino he was, produced? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the Man with the 
Iron Arms or Golden Arms yeah, in the yeah. film. That was his character. Okay. Right. okay. Yeah, and then he came back. He was, uh, I don't know what year it was, but after WrestleMania 29, that Royal Rumble, he was the surprise 30th entrant. That's right. And ended up winning. And he got booed. Booed out of the building. Booed out of the building. And it Why? was a very interesting like three months with him because then Evolution came back. Came back. Um, we got Blue Tista, which was fantastic, when everyone was wearing black for the uh, six-man tag, and he came out in all blue, and everyone was like, what is he doing? <laughs> he split his pants a couple times, That's I believe, true. on That's Raw, right. and then he finally just put over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, and that was it. And he then, said goodbye. And, yeah. and that's the thing. And I got to say, I hated Dave Batista when he came back because he was boring as shit. Yeah, but then when they did the evolution exciting. thing, it got kind of more interesting. And what was weird about it was... As the evolution thing was going on and on and on, I was getting more and more into him. And then finally to that moment when he left WWE, that last... I don't know if you're... I know you and I watched it together. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Craig. But they had this big pay-per-view. Evolution lost. They were in some match. They okay. lost big. It was... I think that was in Jersey. That was like Extreme Rules, Something maybe, like, versus yeah. The Shield. And they had this big yeah. in-ring promo where they were all together. And Oh, I think ba- I've seen this. And Batista cut this hard promo on Triple H and then he ends up ends his promo and then he's like I quit because he and he literally was quitting it was like the last night of his contract and he does the Queen of England wave and I was immediately <laughs> like I love you Dave Batista. it was awesome and that promo that he did was great and it was like it was this build for me where I hated this guy and it was like a gradual progression and then he did this promo on his last night and I'm like I love you and now you're gone and yeah. I was so upset but he was going away for a really good reason uh, the best of reasons yeah he had to begin his promotional tour for guardians of the galaxy which everybody was like they're making a movie at a guardians of the galaxy and you cast dave batista as drax yeah and then the movie came out and everybody was like holy shit you yeah cast he's dave good batista in it you know what drax. he's in um is he inspector too yeah he was i forget mr. his name jinx. Yeah. mr jinx, jinx. he's inspector and he gets to drive a better car than james bond does which yeah. is I feel like that's an insult to James Bond, but uh, he was in two huge, really good movies like right away, and I was like, "How did this happen?" And then I watched this movie, and I still can't figure out how it happened. Well, I gotta say, Craig, we could probably do another podcast on James Bond if there wasn't already a podcast called James Bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because Craig and I have, a, and I Frank as well. Frank is you're the only other person I know that owns the entire James Bond collection outside of Craig and I on DVD. On yeah. DVD, yeah. yeah. Um, but we could talk about James Bond all day. And Spectre, uh, I don't know what you guys think of it, but um, he was one of the better parts of that movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I liked the movie, great job. but he was good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, no complaints, sir. So we're I'm definitely Batista movie star fans for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I can't wait for the Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's gonna be amazing. So, uh, so again, Dave Batista's character, not really another guy that, and this is the, this is the problem with a lot of the modern wrestlers that have come out in the last 10 or so years. They don't really have well-defined backstories. No. You know, they stopped doing real character development once the Attitude Era ended. And once they stopped, like, selling wrestling as, this is real, and this is definitely happening, and everyone's really punching each other and all that shit... They kind of stopped developing like weirdo, interesting characters for the most part. Right, Bray Wyatt is kind of the first guy in a long time yeah. that has that kind of interesting yeah. and, old school. Type and story really, thing. Bray Wyatt is just kind of like a 
Undertaker spin. Sort like of. He's yeah. not super new. I mean, I love him. Mm-hmm. I love his character. I love his whole thing. Right. But it's like a type of character they've done a million times. Sure, sure. Like every wrestling promotion in the country has like a cult leader guy. Right. And that's him. But you know what? It's fine. It's been a long time since oh, we've had one. Yeah, right? no. Works for me. I love it. Listen, but like, he's I our just champion hope they right can now. go somewhere interesting. I hope so, it. too. I, you know. So, so sorry for the lack of interesting uh, facts about Batista and Rob Van Dam. It's just that's the nature of their characters. Yeah, uh, they. You know, I don't even know, Frank. I know you know a lot of people that love wrestling. Craig, I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Can you think you could name anybody that would say Batista is one of their favorite wrestlers? I love Batista because of his work as a wrestler. No. 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 Right, and I don't think I know anybody either. And I think that should say something to you, uh, to everybody listening, about the type of career that he's had. Not to take away from his physical abilities as a wrestler, he's an f- excellent wrestler from a technical standpoint. Yeah, and he was a star, and people liked him, but I just don't think anybody would be like, oh, Batista's my favorite. Yeah, like, I don't think anybody's There just be wasn't much that. to him besides the fact that he was a good wrestler. Right. I, th- yeah. I, think, I think as history will show that Wrestling is going to be a footnote for him in his life yeah, story. It's sure. not the main focus. No. And even though it's yeah, a major focus even, still now, I don't think it's going to be. He even tried to a, a ill-fated foray into MMA. That's true. And got his that. ass beat. Got his ass beat. And that was with uh, uh, Strike Force. I don't even think it was that high oh, up. Really? I think it was like a smaller promotion. Okay. Um, that was I, I don't remember. Th- but I That think was it, the first break that he took from WWE. Was He tried to pull a Brock Lesnar and... Unlike Brock Lesnar, got his ass beat. Yeah, which, I mean, looking at him, you looks like, okay, if he knows anything about fighting, he should probably be pretty good. But he, no, he didn't know enough about uh, jiu-jitsu or ground game or anything. Yeah, he got, he got his ass beat. All right, so let's go into the movie. Um, wrong side of town, guys. So right out the gate, <laughs> right out the gate, we are presented with a scene where we have a guy strapped to a chair with a cinder black wrapped around his arms. His name is Nick. And he's getting the shit beat out of him by a guy named Seth. Because really, apparently, really bad fake punches, too. Yeah, by super the way. bad. Like, they're think not even professional close. wrestlers on the set, they'd be able yeah. to pull this off. But yeah, no. Seth is pissed because Nick has ratted him out to the cops for whatever illegal business he's running. Uh, and then they end up throwing Nick in the river. Yep. I, old school style. This was so distracting to me. Seth had like the sweatiest collar I've ever seen well, anyone. <laughs> Jeez, look at this detail from Frank it's here. Wow. Like, it was just very distracting to me. He, and he was like, like taking his glasses on and then putting them or taking them off and then putting them back on yeah. and taking them off. And I was like, what is, why? Why does he keep like either one or the other or like do a dramatic takeoff, but don't then like keep putting them back on and removing them. He was, he's a, I don't know. He's not a great character. He, he is a terrible villain. And like, yeah, and his whole reason for being the villain doesn't even make sense. No, he doesn't nope. look like a villain. As, as we get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. So after Nick goes into the river, we are then taken into one of the most elaborate title sequences Yo. I think we've ever seen. This title w- sequence was like three minutes long. It was, well, I, I hope... James Bond fans. Yeah, oh, no. It, it this was, is a ripoff of James Bond. That's a huge ripoff. I, I literally wrote down this opening is like James Bond was sponsored by Tap Out. Yeah. Like that's, it was like. Or Affliction. Yeah, there's just like fire, like, oh, it was terrible. And the song, which was literally, I think, probably titled Wrong Side of Town. Oh, oh, had to be. Uh, I kind of strangely fell in love with that song, by the way, because of how <laughs> bad it was. 
Um, I meant to like look into it to see if it, it was, was like I was watching the opening scene and they played all the credits. Like you know how at the end of the movie they have like best boy. Keep yeah, right. It. Like those were being shown in the beginning of the movie. Well, Craig, if you have a th- elaborate three minute animated <laughs> title sequence that you want to show all, you're I gonna know. put everybody up front. That and that it just said to me that they probably didn't expect people to make it to the end, so they wanted to make sure that everybody got their credit yeah. in the beginning. So once that title sequence is over, we're then taken to uh, a scene of Rob Van Dam doing some landscaping in his backyard by his pool. With his MMA gloves on. With his MMA. And, and he's cutting that tree down. And guys, oh, right. the chainsaw yeah, right. doesn't work anymore. So what does he do? He just cuts the tree down with his bare hands. That's why he's by got the gloves on. Chops. Chop. It was amazing. Uh, and as he does that, his daughter who's swimming in the pool starts to drown. And he immediately jumps in the pool, saves her, Ugh. only to then find out it was a joke. His daughter is the worst person on the face of the His earth. His daughter sucks. The other thing that was annoying to me was that the mother was next to the pool. Yeah. She sees this, and then instead of trying to help her daughter, she runs away from the pool across the backyard to go, Hey, Rob Van Dam, I need your help. So before we go there, listen, I, w- I, I want to set the scene for a second. Looking at what's going on. Rob Van Dam doing this yard work, right? With the way he's doing the yard work, the way he's dressed, the way he's carrying himself, and then the scene of the mother sitting by the pool in, like, full clothes, by the way. Not a bathing suit. Like like mom jeans and a weird tank top. Reading a book. Right. And the daughter is in the pool. Clearly, I thought here that Rob Van Dam was, like, a landscaper for this rich family. But that's not the case. Nope. It turns out. Now, listen, I'm not trying to demean women here, but this woman is an older woman. There, and one of the right. major problems I have with this movie is that there's no way that Rob Van Dam would be married to this woman. No, Rob Van Dam would be more. It seems he's probably to me, married to the daughter, not the not. <laughs> more actually, I, it seems to me like I think Rob Van Dam would be with one of Dave Bautista's women in this movie. Uh, that's probably. <laughs> well, well, you'll know what we're talking about in a minute, but I the, one of the major and this is this is I want to get this up front. One of the major plot points of this is the the marriage of Rob Van Dam and this right. woman. Yeah, and I have right up front. I, there's no believability that they're in love, that they are even compatible with one another, that there's any chemistry there. Nope. I he totally also, agree. He also it's... appears to be like 20 years younger than her. Not really, but I'm just no, saying there's, a, there's yeah. an age gap there. A just little. From a physical standpoint. She definitely looks more like a suburban mom, and he looks like he still has an edge to him. Rob Van Dam. Yeah, like it's weird. It's like it's like a weird pairing, even right. if they're semi close in age. It's just a weird. It's weird. Everything about it looks weird. There's a yeah. There's a lot of interesting casting choices in this it's movie. Very very interesting casting, and that's one. And we're about to get into the next one uh, after Rob Van Dam. Rec- his name is Bobby, by the way. Is it Bobby? It's Bobby, okay. and he's a very Polish last name, which Kowal- is Kowalski or something. Some- what is it? Something with a K. Kalinowski. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's and it. the reason they do that, I don't know if you guys know this, is that Rob Van Dam himself is Polish, very oh. proud of his Polish heritage. Uh, in fact, his, his wife that he married was like legit Polish. Really? Like spoke Pol- Polish and stuff. And they recently, recently got divorced. Um, I like how that daughter, though, she's just she pretends she drowns and then goes, I was practicing for my drama so class. Stupid. I was like, like, oh, OK. Yeah. I was like, is that uh, part of your stage you play? Mouth. You have to drown on stage. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, make like, any sense to me at all. What an asshole. Yeah. So after that's all said and done, the new neighbor, Clay, 
comes over to introduce himself oh, because he God. needs a new he needs to borrow a hammer. Uh, Clay is an African American gentleman who is uh, just moved in, like we said, to the neighborhood. He is uh, a little nerdy. I think that's the way we would describe him, nerdy guy. He should be called Clay Zonde. Clay Zonde. I like it. <laughs> he, he is a huge dork. Rob Van Dam, <laughs> can I borrow your hammer? Like, yeah, he needs to borrow, like, not anything, like, that you might not have. Like a yeah. chainsaw or something. Like, okay. A hammer. A hammer. Yeah. Well, I mean, just move maybe another package. Yeah. yeah and then true. he's like hitting the heavy bag real awkward yeah, while Rob Van Dam's taking way too long to find the hammer. hammer yeah. <laughs> just uh, to just, show you how dorky he yeah, is. Yeah. I think he punches it and then like shakes his hand like it, it hurt? hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. who is this guy? So Clay, Clay introduces himself. And they seem to get along right away. And right away, he says, listen, why don't we all go out to dinner in the city? Um, that's what you do with your neighbor when you meet them for the first know, time. Ever. I, listen, I'm not going to give the guy a hard time there. If you're I trying mean, to make friends, maybe he's feeling a little fish out of water. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's a nice thing to do. And Rob, and Rob Van Dam, you could clearly, is like going to be polite and say... I don't know, you know. That's, uh, yeah, but Rob the, Van Dam's like, I don't go into te- I don't go into the city. I don't, go to the city. I don't like going out. I'm a family guy. I don't want to do anything. Right? Did we mention which city it is? No. No. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Okay. We're gonna get there. Don't don't worry. I made a okay. special note of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> you'll all understand. Fans of this podcast will understand the importance of the city in a minute. Um, so the wife is there overhearing all this, and she says, oh, we're going out. You can yeah. tell that this girl, she's got a new tube top or something that she wants to put on because uh, she wants to hit the town. So they all go out, and Clay, Clay tells them that he's in the liquor business or the, the club supply business yeah, or he's, something. Yeah, he's basically like a liquor wholesaler. Right, like something he's like a, that. Like a, a booze rep. And he's got, he's got the biggest client in town who we're going to see the connection there in a minute. Uh, and because of that, he is going to get them exclusive VIP access to the club, which also turns out to be a weird rest sushi restaurant. Also, this is a cl- yeah, it's called a club. Aztec it's also. a club called or Maya. 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 Right. One of those ancient yeah. Central American civilizations. Because Rob Van Dam makes the uh, Rob Van Dam is full of like bad jokes in this movie, but they're like really especially like, upfront, sarcastic. Yes. Yeah. And he's just like like the ruins. Like, and that's, that's it. Like, that's supposed to be the joke. Um, and, yeah, it's like a Szechuan restaurant slash... That's right, because he says this it's the best Szechuan that yeah, is in yes. the city or something. And then they're eating sushi. Upstairs. Right. Yeah. And downstairs is crazy dance a party banging party. club. Crazy, crazy. And there's a balcony overlooking the dance floor, and they're oh, able yeah. to have conversations. No, they're no sitting on the balcony yeah. eating their dinner, yeah. like, with, like, flashing lights yeah, and, like, watching people dance. It's it doesn't insane. make any sense. Uh Speaking of your point about Rob Van Am's quips, that whole sequence where they're driving to the club in Clay's car. Yeah. First of all, it was awkwardly shot, and the cuts were. And Rob Van Dam was. First of all, hold on. First of all, everything about this movie is awkward as fuck. It is pretty. Like, every interaction will be like. Like, Clay comes over, he's like, hello, neighbor. And Rob Van Dam's like, oh, hi. Yeah. How are you? Like, this. Like, that's the level of acting that's yeah, going it's on. It's almost. It's, it's really bad. It's like room birdemic level. Yeah. But not that yeah. extreme. But it's in that family of awkwardness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why I enjoyed watching it. Because yeah. I was like, wait, is everyone going to be like this? And they were. And they were. And they were. Yeah. There was like this one part where Clay's um, wife kind of <laughs> is coming on to him while they're driving over. 
I was about to say, she's the horniest woman I've ever seen anywhere. She's just like, in this movie, she's just like... Clearly you haven't been a lot of places that No, right? no, no. But she's like, in in the car, in front of two people that she's just met, she's like rubbing his ears and trying to make, kiss true. his neck. Yeah, it's yeah. another he's unbelievable like, relationship yeah, in this movie. Because yeah. she's like supposed to be like this hot club girl with this like nerdy dude who looks like Tay Zonde. Yeah, right. And then she's trying to like... And not even like that they're just together. Like she wants him so bad. Yeah. She was like trying she's to like, grab his dick in the car yeah. in front of their neighbors. She's like, give me that dick in front of Rob Van Dam and yeah. his 50-year-old wife. And they even, even to the point where he makes the joke of like, do you, you want to switch and you guys can take the back seat? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. And the at. only thing is she goes, yes. Like, that's it. She just goes, yes. Like, not a joke. Not anything where she's just like, I'm horny. I want to do this. I and wish like, we had the clip of Rob Van Dam saying that line because the way it was delivered is he's like hey what do you guys you guys want me to take the, it's like the most awkward and ridiculous yeah. thing and I've then heard. and she's just like uh-huh I'm in let's do this okay so we get to the club they go see they're obviously seated at their table and the club owner comes by to wish his best regards to Clay and we find out that Seth is the club owner the guy from the beginning the, of the guy movie. from the opening scene of the movie right and he comes over and he's very humble. Oh, you know, does the, the bow with yeah. the prayer hands. He does do the, the, the prayer hands a bunch of times. And behind all of this, there's a couple fighting about how to use chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. and they make a point to... They're like, should we go over there? Like should, there was some domestic... step in? And domestic like, no, dispute no. going on. Yeah, but, yeah. Let's yeah. let them handle it. And then it just goes away. Yeah. Like nothing happens. And they never recall it. Like, none of the characters are ever seen again either. Um, so Seth comps the table. Everything's going to be free of charge. Um... And then we are then taken backstage where Seth is talking to his little brother. Right. And like an Ethan, right? Somewhere. Is his name yeah, Ethan? Ethan. Who's and reading a porno magazine. That's right. Playpen. Good old yeah. playpen. You uh, know, that uh, movie Al- trope of someone sitting around in public reading a porno magazine. <laughs> yeah. Al Bundy's favorite. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what that was. Um, he's got to go do some business. So he leaves Ethan in charge of the club while he goes to run that, do that errand he's got to do. And he says specifically to him. Don't have sex with any of the customers. Right. Apparently, he's got a problem with that. So, Seth leaves. The little brother, Ethan, then does a pile of cocaine. On off a, of a crucifix. Off of a crucifix necklace that he has. Um, and then, Rob Van Dam's wife and uh, Clay's wife go to the bathroom. And while the Rob Van Dam's wife is coming back from the bathroom, Ethan runs into her. And he's like, oh shit, you're the hottest mother I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And I don't mean motherfucker. I mean, like, mother. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was weird that he was hitting on her so Yeah, hard. it didn't make any sense. Because she just looks like a mom. Yeah. Like, she doesn't even look like... Hot like mom. One of these, mom. like, hot club girls that were literally right next They're to her. They're all over the place. Yeah, Clay's wife was much better looking. Also... But, oh, yeah. If he had just oh, yeah. waited about 20 seconds... <laughs> yeah. He yeah, been, she, was, she was right behind also, her. Also, she might have been up for it. Probably. But I, did you also notice that, like, in the scene right before that where they show him, like, walking around the club... It's like it, they're doing this like trippy, hallucinating, yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. on drugs thing. But that's not what like, happens when you're on cocaine. He did. Coke. I don't know. That's, but I assume. Yeah, that's no, that doesn't happen. No. Like he did coke. He's just gonna be like amped up. He's not gonna be like hallucinating and seeing trails everywhere. It right. just didn't. It's I was like, oh, psycho. this is the only movie set where no one on it's done cocaine. Apparently, <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. First time ever. So. Uh, Ethan then runs into Rob Van Dam's wife and gets super aggressive with her. Yeah. To the point where he basically kidnaps her to his private rape lair. Yeah. Uh, and again, another movie with raping. What's it's what? all about raping. Yeah. I guess, all you know, these movies are... It's The weird. bad guys... 
It's like they have to go so far, but they're like, just make them rape because yeah. we don't know how to make them sound bad otherwise. I know there was a lot of controversy about how Game of Thrones has used rape over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, I understood a lot of the points about it, but I, I after watching a lot of these movies, I'm really starting to get how what a terrible crutch rape is becoming. Like, oh, movies. stop, stop. It doesn't, yeah. It's, yeah. it's lazy. And all during this time, you have Clay and Rob Van Dam having the weirdest conversation at the table. Where Rob Van Dam tells Clay that babies throw up, and Clay is shocked. Yeah. Like this, I've I had no idea babies throw up on I you. I forgot about this conversation. He's like, so "Yeah, bad. you're gonna do real good with diapers." And he's like, "Oh, what? Babies puke?" And, and like, like he looks like he's about to throw up. Yeah, like, just the interaction between the two of them always is. I, I can't. It's it's like worse than high school play acting. It is. Yeah. Like I don't even get how the they put this movie together in editing, and we're like, that's it, put it out. So while uh, Rob Van Dam's wife is in Ethan's rape lair fighting for her life, Rob Van Dam is at the table with Clay, and Clay's wife comes back, and she's like, I don't know where your wife is. So Rob Van Dam's like, fuck that shit, yeah, and he's, he's like, on the hunt. Where's my wife? Yeah. And she goes, Oh, she left before me. Right. So he knows and he's something immediately right away. Like I'm out. And he's I'm on, and he's on the hunt. So he goes stalking through the club looking for her. He f- ends up finding, uh, he ends up hearing in the hallway the, the cries of his wife, breaks into the rape lair, and then confronts Ethan. Right. And they like, get into pulls him, He like throws him off of her, so he saves her from being raped. Right. And, and he, he bangs his head on the pool table, and then he Ethan starts pulls to, his knife out. Right. He's like, all right, you want to go, tough guy? Ethan's like a skinny little nerdy, just guy. Quick guy, like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, a, he's like a, a punk. He's a little punk. He's wearing his like, Giant crucifix that has cocaine mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, he just—he thinks he's yeah. like a baller, but he's a little dork. He has this big Echo T-shirt on. Yeah. That's right. Yes, and he pulls out the knife, tries to attack Rob Van Dam with it, and Rob Van Dam just sidesteps him. Yeah, and then he falls on his knife and kills himself. This yep. is the Dead. wimpiest way to die in a movie ever. For sure. Dead. But also the he, the he, cleanest self-defense defense that there he was possibly like, could I be. I didn't even touch him. I just went like this. I That's just right. moved out of the way, and he fell on the couch and died. That's yeah. literally what he tells ends up telling the police. Um, but there you go. So Ethan is now the little brother of Seth is now dead because of his own stupidity. The police are on the scene at this point, doing a full investigation. But at the same time, Seth wasn't there because he's meeting with a cop to pay him off. That's right. Yeah. The cop who made an appearance at the beginning of the film during Nick, who's a dirty cop who's giving Seth information about the yeah. police investigations towards Seth's criminal empire. Yeah, I think his name is uh, Briggs. Yeah, I think his name is Briggs. Played Great. by the guy, the same guy played uh, Dolores' dad, Abernathy from Westworld. Oh, the, the, oh, the robot that like freaks out oh, in yeah. the beginning. Look at you. Yeah. Frank, Frank, with the I knew he looked familiar. I had to look it up. Good, good for yeah. you, Frank. He did not look familiar to me, and I also watched Westworld, so you paid more attention and, than I did. And then they're like uh, rolling Ethan into the ambulance, and Seth, Seth comes back. He yeah. just looks at Rob Van Dam, and Rob Van Dam looks back, and they're like. He's like, I know you did it. Yep. And Seth has been cursing this entire movie. And instead of, you know, cursing at him, he goes, you menace. <laughs> <laughs> and, you menace. And Rob Van Damme, he just walks away with his wife. Like, just by looking at him, he knows he was involved. It's, it was and weird. He had, it was, there yeah, was, it was, they exchanged a look. And just because of that, he was like, he did it. 
And nothing happened before this where you would even think that Ravi Dam would be involved in this. I don't know how Seth put that together. Only because he would recognize him that they met earlier? Yeah. Like, that's it. Oh, this is the guy I comped his meal. He must have killed my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this is how he repays me. Thank you. I gave you free tuna with wasabi and you kill my little brother. You menace. So... Rob Van Dam and his wife then go to the police station with Clay and his wife to kind of give their stories. They end up, uh, the corrupt cop is there. He witnesses the testimony. And he's really, a, like, trying to pin it on him any right. way that he can. But he realizes like, this can. is a clean, a cut case of self-defense. So he tells everybody, cut him loose, get him out. Uh, Seth finds out he's pissed. And he says... We're putting. I'm putting a hundred thousand dollar bounty out on Rob Van Dam's head for killing is, my little brother. This is around the time where I made a note and I said, "This movie is crazy. Everyone's overacting, and all Seth does is scream." Yeah, that's it. Screaming just, the whole movie. Screaming, screaming into the phone, screaming into the air, screaming about his brother being killed. Now, did just, you notice before this though? Before he got mad, he neatly laid out those porno the porno magazines on the desk. They were like in perfect form. And, and then he makes the call. He I was just like, all right, hold on. Okay. Let's, let's put the play pens evenly, down. They're evenly distributed. Yep. Now I can scream. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we then get a montage of the streets finding out about the bounty. Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty fantastic. Uh, there's a couple montages in this movie. It's like. I love it. Every gang is like, you know, like your classic movie, this is the Asian gang, and this is the yep. black gang. It's but exactly then they all like the Warriors. Toge- yeah, yeah, but they all work little... together. Yeah. Like, it's like the Warriors if they all got along. And they have that, he's making the call, and then they have that one henchman that's going around on his motorcycle telling everyone. Yeah. The guy with the weird goatee. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who rolls up to Omarion. Yeah. And let's Omarion. Oh, is that who that is? That's Omarion. Big big time uh, hip hop star Omarion. Omarion. And And it uh, must be really late. There's not a single citizen on this street or in the town. It is just. Rob Van Dam and his his buddies and yeah. all the gangs. Yeah, even yep. in when you watch The Warriors, which also takes yeah. place in the middle of the night, there's people in the streets. At this point in the movie, people there's the no streets. more extras. No extras. Yeah. No, not at all. So, um, Clay is now at this point, they left the police station, they're driving everybody home, and they are on an on-ramp, and they run into the first gang that has encountered them and yeah. wants the bounty. So, at this point... Um, Rob Van Dam coaches Clay through to get away. Because Clay's like, but I'm going to hit my car. My car. He's got this Mercedes SUV that he's clearly more concerned about than his life. And so uh, Rob Van Dam ends up splitting up from them so that Clay and the women can be safe because he's figured it out that they really just want him. Yeah. So the lead, uh, this, by doing this, Rob Van Dam is leading the gang members on a chase away from Clay and the women and while they're on this chase, Rob Van Dam ends up getting shot in the leg while climbing the side of a building to get away yeah. by one of those biker guys. Yeah, this scene was very confusing to me because he's climbing the ladder. Right, and they said, don't kill him. He wants him alive. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. very it, important. They shoot at him. It looks like they hit him in the hand. He falls about 30 feet onto a dumpster, and then he gets up limping. Yeah. And but, there's never any blood on his leg. But before that, they all run away because they think he's dead. Yeah, they don't oh, they want just, anything to do it. Yeah, they're just gone. They assume he's dead. Yeah. Right. And they, there's they hear a cop siren and they all just run away. That's right. Yeah, yeah. like the cops would know to check that back alley. Right. Mm. Yeah. It makes no sense. No, it was really uh it was weird. But he like you said, he gets shot and that explains the limp that he has for the rest of the movie. 
ki- that he conveniently has. Because he has it when he's, like, walking around or trying to get into bed. But when he's, like, jumping or kicking someone. No problem. No or he, problem like, there. needs to run away quickly, he's fine. And then he stops and limps like he can barely move. So Rob Van Dam, after getting out of the dumpster, finds everybody at the designated place that he told them to meet them meet him at, and tells them that they got to leave Clay's car behind because they know that the car's hot. Everybody knows to look for this Mercedes SUV. So they start to make a a, a move on foot. Now this is where I have the note about where this where this movie takes place. I think I know where you're going to. We learn where where we are. First of all, what city we're in. The city is Baton Rouge. In a little state that Craig and I have come to fall in love with called Louisiana. Every, I mean, I love Louisiana, but for real. But every, I feel like the past five movies we've watched have all been in taken place Told in you. Louisiana. Post-Katrina tax breaks. Yeah. yeah, it had to be. Yeah. It had to be. Wrestlers, listen, if you wanted to make a movie in the post-Katrina, this is the time to do it. I, I started thinking maybe just Triple H wanted to spend a lot of time in New Orleans for some reason. But wanted no, to get, wanted to get away all, from Stephanie. You know, just, listen. I don't his, know how he's married to that uh, woman. His but. Mardi Gras ladies. And this isn't even a WWE Studios no. film. That's correct. No. So it's just... Special. Yeah. No, it's... They just love Louisiana. Yeah. They... they moved Lucrative tax breaks. They moved right. it to Baton Rouge instead. They were like... We At least it was in New Orleans. New right. Orleans is WWE zone. So let's right. go to Baton Rouge. Dave Batista was like, guys, listen. <laughs> I don't want to encroach on Vince's turf. So, yeah. There we go. So we're in Baton Rouge. Um... Then we get to see Omarion. They're all in a parking garage right. where they're trying to figure out what to do. This is where they ditched the Mercedes. Yeah. And Omarion and his, and his crew roll up on Rob Van Dam and then proceeds to rob them of their jewelry and wallets and cash. And then <laughs> Rob Van Dam starts to do this thing where he's like, you know how much the bounty is in my head, right? And they're like, $100,000. And he's like, you think... Just there's got to be more to this story, right? About why it's just a hundred thousand dollars. He's like, because I got diamonds in my sock, and he starts doing this whole song and dance routine about how he's got diamonds on him, and that's why the bounty on him is so high. And Omarion and his crew kind of start to fall for that. Like yeah, they're like really starting to debate it. Like right hand man is a real dumb dumb. Who also was that yeah. Birdman? By the way, was his henchman? Birdman? No, no, but he kind of looks like, like Birdman, yeah. right? And he was also had a machine gun. That's true. He did just a straight up like an Uzi. Another mm-hmm. part that didn't make sense in this, like all during this time, Clay's trying to use his cell phone to make a call, and he can't get a signal. Yeah. And then they're in a parking garage, and Omarion's like, "Hey, you, call Seth." Yeah, and he and gets a, he gets a fine. signal on the right first away. try, right, yeah. away. right away. Yeah. Um, also, they. Did the extended, like, let's make Clay look like a dork thing here again, where he was like, give me your cheese. And he was like, what's cheese? <laughs> and Rob Van Dam has to be like, hey, man, it's money. Yeah. Give him money. And you're like, oh, Christ. He's, like, yeah, he's the most clueless person on the face he's of the earth. Yeah, it's not, yeah. He's not even a, like a, it's not even like they're trying to make him like the black nerd. He's just like the dumbest person ever. I wish at the end of the movie they you know, revealed that Clay was actually from another planet or something. That would've, that and would've, it, it, it would have been like great. the best reveal ever because you were like, oh, it makes so much more sense it really now. Would. It would've I been. would actually watch another movie that explains how he got married to that woman. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, I don't You get know it. why she married him. Because <laughs> she has connections at clubs. He's got all that sweet wine distribution no, money. Guys. The big old D. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But see, here's the thing, though. 
Even if Clay has a giant dick, he's not doing he's not doing her right. You know that. He can barely he can't move. He couldn't even hold the hammer that Rob Van Dam yeah. gave him. He he fumbled it. He walks odd. He's not gonna fuck he, right. He, he walks odd because <laughs> That's why. All right, back to the movie, guys. Enough about Clay's D. Um, Rob Van Dam then turns the tables on Omarion and his crew and then steals Omarion's sweet convertible, old-school classic convertible. Best car in the movie. It's a pretty sweet car. Uh, They then decide to go back to the police station to report that they've been attacked by two gangs. They get to the police station. The cop, they run into the corrupt cop. He starts giving them some guff. Rob Van Dam then pulls his special services identification card out and gives it to the corrupt cop. Which I was like, wait, what the fuck is special services? It's, it's not like he said, like, oh. It's a, um, it's a special uh, division of the military right, that yeah. only exists in direct-to-video action movies. Yeah. Exactly. I had to pause it and actually look at the ID. And then later it on. so fake. They and it said he's a Navy SEAL. It said he's uh, SEAL, SEAL Team A43. He's the. Uh, oh, okay. Chief Firearms Officer. Chief Firearms. I like that. Yeah. Of the C- inst- so he's the, the CFO? Team. He's the CFO. Yes, he's the CFO, yes. <laughs> Frank, that's you? my title as well. Yeah, hey. Frank is the Chief Firearms Officer yes. for Congelos and Associates Financial Advising. I will not mess with you. There's firearms all over. <laughs> anyway. So the cop then sees the special services ID, realizes that they are, number one, they shouldn't be fucking with Rob Van Dam because yeah, no. he's clearly got a level of training that no one else has. Um, and he's like, okay, we'll get you a ride home. But instead of giving him a cop car ride home, he hires a taxi, which is, first of all, they think this is a little suspicious. Not, And we also think this is suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm not super surprised that that might be a thing that could happen, like that they would say, oh, yeah, we'll pay for you to get a taxi home, like in real life, but not in a movie. No, in real life, if it was like, oh, I'm sorry that somebody just maybe stole your wallet. But in a movie where you have a bounty of $100,000 on your head, calling a cab for those people is Not a little suspicious. Yeah, very suspicious. Yeah, for sure. So it turns out that the taxi driver is tapped into the bounty network, Seth's bounty network. So while driving Rob Van Dam, Clay, and the wives home, he gets the text message about the $100,000 bounty and yeah. then immediately pulls into a gas station. Well, no, he set him up. Like, Briggs set him up because oh, so? right away he gets a text that says... I will give you $100,000 for the people in your car. Okay. Yeah. So, right. like, somebody knew that he had them. In yeah, the yeah, car. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Briggs, yeah, maybe he yeah. tipped them off. I, I, I don't Briggs know. I don't know. I don't think so because Briggs is clearly trying to keep Rob Van Dam alive because he's special services military. Right. He Well, he's. Uh, I think it's. More I think this so guy he's saying, just, you're not going to beat this guy, Seth. Stop fucking with him. I don't know. Briggs's whole motivation for anything is very confusing because yeah, he flip flops yes. in every scene. And he's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of. D-. I think he's yeah. basically saying, don't fuck with this guy at this point because he's going to kill a lot of people. Yeah. And we're going to have to, like. Figure out a way to explain. It's gonna it. be a shit ton of paperwork. Yeah. For, I thought for he just got like the thug well, network text that's what that, I, that that's, was going on, and he was I like, thought. "Oh, but, oh you know, yeah, but somebody said, but the text specifically said, "I will give you a, 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 like a hundred thousand dollars for your passengers." So whoever, like, it wasn't like so, a yeah. wide network text. It was like a, you, "I I know you have them. Bring okay. them to me." All right. Yeah. So they go to the gas station. And the gas station is clearly a setup where they're going to be ambushed mm-hmm. by another gang. And this is where I wrote the note, Animal, that's the character's name, mm-hmm. 
Are you viscera? That I wrote is that viscera yes. animal. Oh, that's okay. viscera. So Known as animal. Frank, I'm animal. glad you I'm glad you also picked up on that and you're able to confirm that it is in fact viscera. Viscera was a very gigantic, large African American wrestler who we remember as a member of the the Ministry of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Under he had the, a, he under had the, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, under the tutelage of the Undertaker. He had a he lot of different Big Daddy Viscera like with the Godfather. That was it, but th- before that he was in uh Men on a mission Men with, with yes. Moe, and they had that rapping manager, Oscar. It was yeah. Mabel. It was, it was he was Ma- Mabel. It was Mabel and Moe and Men on a mission. And then when like the click left and Shawn Michaels got hurt um, and Diesel took over as the champ, he was like being pushed to the moon by Vince McMahon. Yeah, because wow. he was Huge. in like the main events of those in your houses, those yeah. like original pay per views well, against be Diesel. What? Like six six four hundred pounds. Yeah, probably. At least. And that was, was huge. It was a dark time in WWF. Yeah, I was not watching yeah. it. This King point, Mabel so. versus Big Daddy Cool Diesel in the main event. Sounds nobody like wants a, to see that. A real no, shit show. Yeah, nobody paid for it. So it wasn't in your house, Frank, is what you're saying. It wasn't in my house That's at right. all. <laughs> so um, Rob Van Dam then beats ass at the gas station, th- takes everybody out, and then ends the ends the whole sequence by. Spraying animal with the gas station nozzle with gas, and then takes his lighter out, lights it, and it was like, all right, if anybody takes a step closer, I'm gonna throw the lighter at animal, and that keeps everybody at bay for him to get into the taxi and drive away with everybody. So at this point, they get away, they drive away. Bobby then, Rob Van Dam, decides that he's gonna separate from everyone cleanly. So he sends Clay and the women home in the taxi, pretty nondescript way for them to get home. And and he goes in on foot, um, with his with his shot leg, with a shot hobbling up down the streets of Baton Rouge. We're about forty five minutes into the movie at this point, and we don't even have an appearance from the guy who's front and center on the poster That's, until yeah. right about now. Right about now, he hobbles up to some bar, where <laughs> we see uh, he asks, "What's uh, who does he ask for? What's his name? Big R, B R, B R, yeah, B R, yeah, which asks, stands for Big Ronnie. Big Ronnie. Yeah. So he goes to a bar and says, I'm, is Big Ronnie here?' And they say he's in the back, and there he is, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Mr. Dave Batista himself, hanging out in the booth with porn star Stormy Daniels, oh, wow. who's just sitting next to him in the booth with her tits hanging out. Right. Well, this then, is a strip club. It's no, it's I, a bar. Where it's a bar sh- where there's women stripping. Yes, yeah, but not it's a not a strip club. But it, was, it was like the strippers at the bar weren't naked, but the waitress was. And, and there's like people and it was, like spinning around on poles. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was it was really weird. And again, Stormy Daniels sitting in a booth next to Batista tits out. with her tits out. Nothing going on. There's no hanky pank. No, they're, they're just, just there. she's just sitting there with her tits out. And not like Doesn't sitting there sense. with no shirt on. No, her shirt's Sitting there unbuttoned. with just like a bikini top that's open. No, it's, yeah. not a, it's like it, a camisole yeah, or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, and Rob Van Dam's like, hey, Big Ronnie, I need to talk to you. And she just goes to Rob Van Dam, what's the matter? You don't like girls? He's like, can I talk to you in private? And she's like, what, what do you don't like girls? And you're like, yeah, what? it's like he just wants to have a conversation with his buddy here. He doesn't want to talk in front of you. And then she buttons up as she gets up to leave. That's when yeah, she buttons yeah. up, puts yeah, the tits yeah. away. Right. So clearly, Batista is the type of guy that just likes to sit next to women that have their tits out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Craig clearly is also one of those guys I that mean, likes to sit next to women with their would tits you, out. I wouldn't be opposed. In a booth? Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. I, w- I mean, if some girl Maybe wanted later, to sit Craig. down next to me and take her shirt off, I'd be like, sure, go for it. Batista refuses to help Rob Van Dam because apparently he didn't keep in touch. This is kind of like the Godfather, yeah. Craig. 
Mm-hmm. Never once did you invite me over for tea and coffee, and now you want a, fa- a fucking favor. Yeah. And Batista's like, you He's never. Like it's even, been like 13 years. You haven't introduced me to your wife. Yeah. You haven't introduced you to your daughter. You're a shitbag. I'm not fucking helping you. Get out of my bar. Yep. Even though he owes him a life debt. That's yeah. true. There is a life debt. Yeah. Wookie life debt. Clay, um, Clay, at this point, we cut to Clay. He gets everybody home safe. Him and his wife go home. Rob Van Dam's wife gets home. Everybody goes to bed. This is the only scene that I like clan. This this also makes no sense. They're in like this crazy stressful situation and they all just go inside and go to bed. They go like they, ways. they don't even care that Rob Van Dam's still out on the streets fighting for his life. If I'm Rob Van Dam's senior citizen wife and Clay gets me home, guess where I'm fucking sleeping? At Clay's house with yeah. his wife. No, I'm she's not- in the house by herself. She's yeah. like, And oh, also, I'm yeah. getting my fucking daughter out of that house. And bringing her over. Well, to I think that's why too. she went back to the house. Fucking get her out. Like, go to Clay's. Yeah, Stay the fuck together. Yeah. Up or, until this point and throughout the rest of the movie, it never feels like anyone is in any danger whatsoever. Or that they're group. taking this, the danger that they're in seriously. No, no, they don't care. No, they they don't do not care that Rob Van Dam is possibly Hob- dead. Hobbling around with yeah. one fuck. Oh, well, they don't even know. Clay is like, I feel like such a failure. I feel like such a wuss. I should have helped him. I just sat there while yeah. he did everything. That's true. And I was like, yeah, you're at least you're self-aware, man. It's true, yeah. he was. But he doesn't. And then his wife's basically like, you got us home. Go to bed. Like, shut up. Like, I don't is, want you to die. That's right. Let's just get some sleep. He'll he'll make yeah, it back. Yeah, don't, don't worry. worry. Don't worry. So the dirty cop, we're coming down to the dirty cop who's having a meeting with Seth. He tells him, listen, guys. Let's chill out on this hunt for Rob Van Dam because he's a Navy SEAL. He's going to fucking kill everybody that you throw at him. Yeah. And he'll kill fucking you if, if, you, if that's what it boils down to. And Seth is like, fuck you. He killed my little brother. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. I still, I'm, like, it still bothers me how angry he gets and how he's like, he killed my brother. I need to fucking kill him. When everyone else is like, dude, he fell on his own knife, like, trying to rape that guy's wife. And he's like, nope, no, he killed him. And Seth knows all along that Ethan had a yeah. problem with because the women in the club. He's yeah, like, right. you're yeah. a fuck up. Don't do this stuff. Yeah, it's, and then, it's gonna bite you in the ass one day. Yeah. And so even did. with all this, Seth is able to get Rob Van Dam's address from the dirty cop. Yeah, because he says he's gonna expose him and all the shadiness. Yeah. Uh, so you know where that's gonna go. We then cut back to Rob Van Dam, who's now hobbling in some kind of park. I guess outside of Batista's bar or near the neighborhood of Batista's and bar. And this is the part that reminded me of the Warriors the most. Yes. And this is also the part of the movie where you got probably extremely hard, Craig, because this is where we get our first taste of international hip-hop superstar, ladies and gentlemen. Earth murder! Ja Rule himself. This was the whole th- movie for me. I was waiting, and I was like... It's an hour. Where's Ja Rule? He is did on, I he's on the poster. Up? I'm like, did I fuck this up and Ja Rule isn't in this movie? No, no, Ja Rule's in the movie, guys. He's on the movie poster and he shows up he's an hour like, into an hour, 28-minute movie. When you watch the credits, it's like RVD, yeah. Ja Rule. Batista. And then an hour later, he shows up. It's like he was on the set of Fast and Furious 5 or whatever. And they're like, hey, we'll give you a couple grand to come over and just, you know, show up for 10 minutes. I wish they kept him in the Fast and Furious movie. Like, holla, holla. Monica. Monica, <laughs> give me them titties, Monica. <laughs> it's murder. That's what he should have said to Seth. He was like, yo, man, you fucking Rob Van Dam kill your brother? Because it's murder. 
He could have started a whole new Murder Inc., but no. Fun, fun little side story, guys. This may make sense to some of you listening. Some of you may not. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Jiao Rule memories of all time was working on a Sunday at Funko Land with Wuzza. We were closing, and Wuzza's brother Nick came in. Was oh, nice. so excited because Nick was coming with a hot new CD that had just come out. Was it the new Ja Rule? It CD? was. It was the Ja Rule. It's murder single. Ooh. It was the first time. It was before it was on the radio. They were hyped up. They and they fucking put it in the Dreamcast in the back of the store that was on the GX TV. Remember the GX TV had the okay. fold out speakers. There's a store on in my neighborhood, a block away from me, that, that still has, has one. Should buy it. And I was like, oh, oh you should man. fucking buy that shit. No, it's like super expensive for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. um... And they bumped fucking It's Murder like as loud as the GXTV would go. Uh, and I, I didn't know. This was before we learned that Ja Rule was like a fake with his fucking Murder well, Inc. Ja pop Rule jams. When Ja Rule came out, he was like he was hard. thug-ass Fuck motherfucker. Yeah. And then everything after that, was after a, like, it about was a year, it was, it was like, over. every song was with like J-Lo Ashanti. or Ashanti. Yep. Where would I be without you? Uh, put it on me. <laughs> Join us next week for our Ja Rule podcast. <laughs> the Ja Rule cast. It's the ja Rule. three uh, episodes long. We should, ja Rule should have a podcast called the, I would, the Ja Rule cast. Yo, if there was a podcast with Ja Rule and DMX, I would listen to it. Not, I would listen to it every day. Every single day of my life, I would listen to Ja Rule. Uh, 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 yep. uh, that's that's yep. DMX saying, uh, and Ja Rule saying, uh. Yep. That's yeah. all it would be for 45 minutes. No, I would, and I would be physically hard to listen to it every day. So there you go. So Ja Rule makes his appearance. He's leading this gang of people. Which is the same gang that was at the gas station, shh, just shh, in different costumes. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. Frank Quench. Yep. They yep. couldn't afford it. Um, a fight breaks out, and then Batista shows up and shows his cards to Rob Van Dam that a fucking Ja Rule is his man. And he set fucking Rob Van Dam up. He says $100,000 is a lot of money. That's right, motherfucker. Sorry, and um, fucking Rob Van Dam, very upset. And he said, says, I actually wrote this down. It's the only line in the movie I wrote down. Rob Van Dam says to him, what happened to no man left behind? I took a bullet for you. Now, he hears this. He says I took a bullet for you like three or four yeah, times. Yeah, I know. Too. This, this line is delivered as Batista is walking away from the scene where he's basically allowing Ja Rule to kill Rob, or to yeah, capture Rob Van Dam and bring him in. When he hears this line, you can see the conflict in Batista's face immediately. Where he, his, he's walking away, he has his head down, was walking away from the situation. He hears what happened to No Man Left Behind. I took a bullet from you from Rob Van Dam. Batista then, it's like a light bulb going off in his head, picks his heads up, turn around, and Batista says, basically, let him go. And Ja Rule's like, fuck you, man, this is $100,000, I'm not letting him go. And he says, go fuck yourself. That's right. And then Ja Rule and Batista have a little bit of an argument, and Batista's like, okay, no problem, guess what? Boom! Shot to the head, Ja Rule's in the minute f- movie for like th- two or three minutes. Yeah, t- tops. and leaves with a, a giant hole in his head. Giant he hole. Says, and he says, uh, oh, you tell me to go fuck myself? Oh, you tell me to go fuck myself? And then he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shoots him in the head and he goes, apology not fucking accepted. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, That's- he's like talking to his dead corpse. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, wait, I didn't hear you? What? I'm what? Sorry? What? You're, yeah. you're sorry? <laughs> fucking amazing. That was actually pretty cool. Cle- yeah. Clearly, yeah. clearly, clearly Ja Rule must have texted uh, Omarion and said, 
Yo, man, I'm in uh, Baton Rouge doing a concert tonight. And Omarion was like, yo, we're filming this movie. You want to be in it? And that's how they got him in the movie. You want to make a, yeah. like a quick five grand? Come be, come get shot in the yeah. head by Batista. From two. that point on, Batista's very entertaining in this film. Yes. yes. No, very, from that point on, you're very. like, oh, yeah, Batista's the best part of this movie. Yes. So then Batista and RVD team up to fight the rest of Ja Rule's gang. And they defeat them. And Rob Van Dam is free. Rob Van Dam and Batista go their separate ways. Um, and then as as he's running away, there's like a motorcycle guy that comes up on Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam ends up like getting shot in the chest by him, and yeah. then was able to wrestle his bike away from him and steals the guy's bike. He hits him with like a a stick or a pole or something. Yeah. Okay. He gets shot under the chest as he's yeah, pull, like, as he's lifting the bike up. So he's got yeah. a yeah. bullet in his leg, yeah. a bullet in his chest. Yet he's still able to pick up a motorcycle. It's in his chest right now. Right. As you'll talk about in the next scene, it's not quite in his chest not in anymore. His chest. <laughs> Frank, I don't know about you. I know you're a, a more fit than Craig and I are. You're a, you're a very strong man. I don't know about you, Frank, but I don't think I could pick up a motorcycle if it was fallen, uh, even if I didn't have a herniated disc in my back, which I do right now. Uh, I don't think I could pick up that motorcycle from, and let alone with two bullets in my body. What about you? No, I, I've never tried, but yeah. I've I heard mean, stories where if you drop a bike at like a stop sign, or it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's, it's pretty a, difficult to get. It's back a two out. three man job to get that yeah. bike back. Like I mean, maybe he could have got it stood up, but not the way he did it. Like he just was like he just picked that up. He picked it up like it was a fucking Schwinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Off like a slopey grass. Yeah, you no, know, no, no, yeah. That, yeah, that would have been difficult. Yeah, yeah. especially since that's he true. Just been it, shot. It was in grass, so yeah, it wasn't it? on the street. Yeah. He was. They were in like that little park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if that grass is wet, forget about it. Game over. And guys. he doesn't. He barely flinches when he gets shot. No, he just he continues. Move at all. He continues to lift up the bike. He gets shot, and he's like, "Fuck, stop it!" Yeah, and then he drives. He drives home. That's right. And Clay sees Rob Van Dam uh, drive home on the motorcycle. He goes over to see what's going on. And he seems weirdly fascinated with the motorcycle also, by the way. Yeah, he's like super into Rob Van Dam at this point. He's like, Rob Van Dam is the man. It's murder. Yeah. Uh, Rob Van Dam goes home, gets inside, starts to patch himself up while his wife is asleep. Um, Does does he do steroids? No, he gives himself a tetanus shot. Is that what that is? That's what that was? But he never How did you know that, Frank? I paused it and I looked at what it said on the Jesus, syringe. Look at it. Paused, um, paused it on the ID card. Wrote yeah. down what was on the ID. Because I was wondering, well, what is he doing? And it, it said tetanus shot when he opened the thing. Oh, was but he seat? never pushes the plunger on the syringe. No, he just sticks it into his ass. Yeah, you see his butt. Well, and also, and then, why does he have to stick it into his butt? Also, also... I've never gotten a tetanus shot on my butt. So no. it's been the arm. And, and why does he remove the bullet that's now in his shoulder, not his chest... It uh, magically moved on yeah. the way home. Yeah. Uh, and not take the Jeff one out Perry. of his leg? It, this is going back to when he was shot. This is why I was so confused because it, it – yeah. Like why doesn't I he treat his other I thought he was pulling down his one, pants to take which, the one out of his leg. Yeah, no, no. no, no. He, he doesn't do it. Which no. why I think he didn't get shot. It just startled him and he hurt his leg from the fall. Maybe oh, it was a maybe. flesh wound. Maybe yeah. it was grazed it. Yeah. Maybe. Also, guys, I don't know about you, but – Rob Van Dam looked a little like he had done that before once or twice, putting a needle in his butt. Just, oh, yeah, yeah no. he was very comfortable. Very comfortable with yeah, that scene. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Probably the only this is why Rob Van Dam looks so giant right now Probably. because he's been doing some steroids. Rob Van Dam, only type of that part of that movie where he's not acting. Yeah, No. He's no. living life. He looks very comfortable taking a needle and shoving it into his butt. In his butt let's just point out to bring it back again that all throughout this conflict that he's gone through, the ponytail 
is still, still extremely tight. Still tight. There is not a hair out of place. On just tight too. like a tiger. So Rob Van Dam goes to his wife in bed, pulls the uh, comforter off. Very only to casually. F- very casually. Yeah. Only she doesn't to f- even wake up, really. No, it's like he was watching TV downstairs and fell asleep yeah. on the couch. Well, like, guys, we find out why. Yeah. Yeah, well, she was right. bound and gagged. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Seth had come in, kidnapped the daughter, bound and gagged her. And Rob Van Dam now knows that he's got to go fucking save his daughter. So what does he do? Goes in the garage, gets out his trunk of old Navy SEALs gear, and proceeds to suit the fuck up. In a way that like makes the SWAT team look fucking amateur. This is actually one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. She comes down and starts yelling at him, saying, no, you can't go. We should call the police. And he's basically like, shut up. I know what I'm doing. And she says, you know what? I Wait, what'd she say? I, you know what? I don't think that you do know what you're doing. And I was like, that's such an awkwardly bad Way to say line. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, so bad. bad. So bad. So, uh, Rob Van Dam gets suited up, goes out on the prowl. The wife calls the corrupt cop, tells him that the daughter's been kidnapped. So, now he knows. You can tell that the cop, not into this, doesn't like what Seth's doing. No. So, Seth's uh, crew now takes over a bridge, like it's fucking uh, Escape from New York with uh, Snake Plissken. No, it's a fucking bridge. bridge Something. All this shit. Um, And they're basically like, we're going to take this bridge over. And we're going to keep Rob Van Dam's daughter here because we know fucking Rob Van Dam's going to come to this bridge to yeah. look for his daughter. They, it was unfortunate that they stole that awful human being from her home. That's right. Because <laughs> she's intolerable in this scene. <laughs> I, I don't know how they didn't kill her. Oh, I, I probably would have put a ball in her head. I, yeah. So the daughter tells Seth and his henchmen that she's got to pee and then tries to escape but then fails and then well they let her pee because she goes alright I'll do it right here yeah, and he's like fine I'm not going to deal with let pee. Her pee. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with pee booty shorts or whatever also, the fuck like, she was wearing yeah, who cares you and kidnapped her let her piss her pants she's making fun of the henchmen she's calling them meatheads and they're like I'm not a meathead I went to t- community college yeah that was yeah, so kicks weird yeah. she kicks him in the dick yeah so like, just uh, I, I, she's the worst Rob Van Dam shows up on the scene also uh, so Rob Van Dam, let's 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 be clear. Here. He's on the scene, but he's on the outskirts of the faci- yeah. of the place. He rides the motorcycle, rides it in, then goes in silently for the rest of the way. The corrupt cop rolls in, says, "Guys, Seth, let this girl go. You've crossed the line. The shit's getting out of control. We, if you if you give up now, we can walk this back, and you cannot get in trouble." He says, "He says grabbing a kid, kidnapping." Like, yeah, those are the same thing. Oh, these and two guys tried to act really hard. In they this tried. Scene. They yeah. definitely tried. Yeah. So as this this uh, dispute is going on, Rob Van, Dam, Rob Van Dam begins his slow assault into the facility. He takes out some guys, like, long-range sniper fucking style. Um, and then we're back to the scene of the cop with, Eth, uh, with Seth. This is where the big reveal, guys. This The opening yeah. scene, we thought Nick was the rat. No, it actually was Ethan. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan was, told, the was the one that told Nick about what was going on. That's right. No, no, no. Ethan was the one that ratted Seth out to the cops. Right, right. And they thought then they thought it was Nick that did it. But Nick was actually telling the truth. He didn't rat out anybody. Yeah. Ethan was the rat because he's jealous of his brother Seth and wanted to run everything himself. And so uh, the cop tells Seth this. He does not believe him at all. And he's very adamant about uh, defending uh, Ethan's honor because this is it, guys. Big plot twist. Ethan is not actually Seth's brother. He's actually his son. And 
no one cares. Nobody so, gives a fuck. I, it legitimately made me laugh out loud yeah. when this reveal happened. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, Who come cares? on. He gives this whole come speech about he was 16 years old, he got a girl pregnant, and then you know, the, you know, the aunt took the whatever, took his, the baby, and he's been watching Ethan from afar because he's his son, and blah, 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 blah. And then Seth just shoots the corrupt cop and kills him. Yeah. So that is over. Um, Rob Van Dam then arrives on the scene where Seth is and says, let my fucking daughter go. Actually, uh, he says, go ahead, shoot her. No, that's I'll true. kill your boss. That's true. <laughs> and the daughter very upset that her father is willing to let her die. I think she was upset that her dad doesn't know how to hold a rifle correctly. Oh, my God. Oh, shit, he, that was weird. He couldn't hold his arms oh, Yeah, down he was too big for it. To hold the machine gun. So it looked like he was like a chicken, yeah. essentially. It was so weird. So they let her go. Seth ends up <laughs> pretending to call off the bounty, um, and Rob Van Dam and the daughter get away while Seth tells his henchmen immediately after they leave, we'll go fucking get them. They're like, he's like, okay, let him go. And then they leave, he goes like, go get him, idiots. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? Now the, appro- the most appropriate part of the relationship between Rob Van Dam and his daughter, <laughs> he makes her hide in a dumpster. While he goes to finish the business. Exactly right, where reali- she belongs. That's right. And he realizes that the the two motorcycle guys are chasing him. That's right. So she goes in the dumpster. She's very upset about it, but she goes in there anyway. Rob Van Dam leads those motorcycle henchmen on a chase. In the slowest motorcycle chase you've yes, ever seen in your I life. I that too. It was just boring and slow, and they're playing this like guitar riff. Yeah, that loops, and it, like it like it goes on for a while, stops, and then starts over again. It's like a looping guitar riff. That's and in some spots, so those stuntmen got a little wobbly mm-hmm. on the motorcycle. Like, oh, he's going down. He's because going down. they're going slowly. Yeah, like they're not going fast <laughs> at all. So Rob Van Dam uh, is then uh, after this motorcycle chase, confronted by another crew. Of another gang, and there's a big fight that breaks out. We've seen this guy a few times already, and he hasn't said a single word. The guy with the sunglasses? He's just like a silent ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that guy. Yeah. He showed up. He's basically Seth's, like, personal bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows he's got this, like... Yeah, uh, Yeah, but hold on. You guys are getting ahead of yourselves. Something very important happens here. Okay, sorry. So, Craig and I, and Frank, I know you're uh, an avid fan of Slam Dango, so you know that this has come up before. Craig and I are always hoping for actual wrestling moves to be bust out in these movies. Yep. Rob Van Dam busts out a fucking cross armbar on he a guy yeah. in the middle of a crazy gang fight. Listen, I don't know, Craig. You were. A f- I don't think we've revealed this before, but Craig has a long history as an amateur wrestler. Right. Yeah. So if there's anybody here that's qualified to comment on when the appropriate time I mean, a wrestling sure. move should be busted out in a gang fight. <laughs> It's you. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you right now, put you on the spot, Craig. Of, of all the arsenal of wrestling moves that you know as, a, as an amateur wrestler, at any point would you choose to invoke a cross arm bar in a gang fight? No. Okay. Uh, also, it's, this is kind of funny. It's the second movie in a week that I've watched where someone uses that move. Yeah. It's like a, that's a very uh, popular MMA move. It was like Ronda Rousey's. Yes, like, right. Move. Finisher. We've watched people break, get People's their arms, arms broken. Fuck, yeah. Uh, I get it from that stance. It's an easy move to get someone in. Oh, one-on-one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One-on-one, not with fucking 30 guys standing no, right? No, And you can break someone's arm real easily, so cool. Yeah. But, like, it, for this scene, it didn't make any sense. Also, he does this, like, leg sweep thing into it where I'm like, oh, his legs are fine? Like, his legs are perfectly good because he just did these crazy, like, leg moves. It was that tetanus shot. Yeah, it was the yeah. tetanus shot, I guess. So, 
I thought that was... And Craig, wasn't... Didn't we just... One of these movies somebody used across the armbar? Uh, maybe. I actually just watched Green Room, the horror movie about the uh, oh, punk yeah. rock kids. Yeah, and uh, one of them uses that in, okay, well, in the movie That's well. William. Uh, but uh, WWE movie... Yeah, I, feel I don't like think it was um, Triple H might have used. Yeah, it. I think I think it was in yeah. Inside Out. I think yeah. he might have done it. I think because so. I think we that was the first time we were able to call out an actual wrestling. We're movie. Like, oh yeah, there's one. There's one. Yeah, not what we were hoping for, but no. okay, ne- never like a nice no stunner no or a which we hope for in the condemn. But oh, didn't. Yeah. Oh, God. and if they were going impractical, why not just let him do like the five star frog splash? That's right. Jump off a fucking telephone yeah. pole or some Why shit. Why not? Or the, or the, or the dumpster. Animator. Stand on the dumpster that your daughter's in. Yeah. Do the five-star frog splash, which is Rob Van Dam's finishing move. And what, then throw the, a chair into somebody's face and kick it. Yeah. Say, is, what about the Van Daminator? Yeah. You could just kick That's, a chair into someone's listen, face. Yeah. Listen, if there's any move that he could have easily worked into this movie, it's the fucking Van Dam. Exactly. Even without the chair. Just yeah. fucking kick a dude in the chest. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was the goddamn fucking box art for ECW for N64. Remember yeah. that fucking game? Yeah, yeah. Hardcore Revolution or whatever the fuck was I had a t-shirt for Funkoland for yeah. it. It was a horrible, shitty game, but the fucking cover art was Rob Van Dam doing the goddamn kick That's in the chest. Why not make it in the movie? the most famous move in ECW. Fuck yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, Seth immediately knows the daughter's in the dumpster for some reason and goes and gets her. Yeah, he just finds her. Like, no one else does, but he's like, oh yeah, there she is. So while that's going on, Batista ends up coming back to Rob Van Dam's rescue the two of them team up, and they fucking throw down, and they beat the last of Seth's men. Well, they do like that Steven Seagal slap knife fight, mm-hmm. and he ends You're up... You're getting ahead oh, of yourself, man. Frank. Hold on, please. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, sorry. as they are fighting the rest of the crew, we get our first taste of new metal. The first time in this movie we get oh, our... Yeah, the music yeah. was extra bad in this movie. Because it was a lot yeah. of shitty hip-hop... Yeah. There was that fucking pop dance song as the title sequence. Like I would have thought that with Omarion and Ja Rule there were like they would have had some like decent rap songs. Like not good, but like half decent. Like no, these were terrible. Yeah, and none of them actually uh, Craig and I you talked about you and I talked about this yeah. after we watched the movie uh over chat. We had both mentioned the fact that none of the hip hop artists that are in this film contributed any music to the soundtrack as Not film. that I'm aware of, no. No. And I actually checked the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none. No. So uh, this is our first and only taste of new metal rock that we get in every wrestling movie. Why is it so popular in these movies? I want to know. And they even do it on when they're like promoting a new pay per view. They get some crappy new metal band to like have an official song. They. Uh, I mean, look at. I mean, because that's music that I think the wrestlers like. Because they're doofy. I, I mean, know. I love wrestlers, but some of them are doofy idiots. I think Dolph Ziggler's into that. I agree oh, yeah. With that. Yeah. No. Dolph Ziggler That's is totally on his eye. Probably in his own world. band. No. Like where he pretends that he's like a new metal version a of three man Van band? Halen. Yeah, yeah. He's a three man band? Three man band. I'm a three man band. Anyway. Oh. So the new metal plays, and this is where the knife fight happens that Frank was talking about. Yeah, the, the the Steven Seagal knife slap fight that ends in so somebody's good. nipple Batista, Batista versus the African-American silent bodyguard that yeah. we've seen throughout the whole movie do who's, nothing. Who's like a skinny dude. Skinny yeah. guy. He's dressed like Blade. He's wearing black yeah. sunglasses at night. Yeah. you like. I thought he was going to be like a real badass. And he was. He was very quick. Yeah, but then he gets his nipple cut off and he disappears. He Yeah, he. it's basically like he jumps off screen Yeah, and then you never see him again. Listen, yeah. if, if you guys got your nipple cut off, you'd be disappearing. Oh, time. no, I get it. I yeah. just was surprised that he just ran away and never came back. Now listen, I'm going to say this. As far as I know, this is the first movie that Batista's ever been in. 
that may or may not be true. But as far as I know, at this point in time, that's this is the first movie he's been in. Mm-hmm. That knife fight was pretty, pretty fucking impressive. No, no, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Action-wise, yeah. that's I, the best part of the movie. I don't know if that uh, the other guy was a stuntman or what, but fucking Batista busts out... That's like stuntman caliber shit right yeah. there. And that other guy looked like like he moved like he was a trained. He's got yeah. moves like he's got moves like Jagger. Yeah. Yeah. People totally saw this and was like, okay, Batista's got some chops. He yeah. can, he can yeah. act a little bit. Yeah, put him. Yeah. If yeah. you watch the last twenty minutes of this movie, you're like, oh, okay, Batista's pretty awesome. Yeah, especially compared to everyone else in this movie. True. Uh, yeah, and, and listen, if 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 Batista's real at this point in time of his career was just the fucking that knife fight, I'm hiring him for every action movie that I'm a yeah, producer yeah. of. I mean, personally, I don't think on based on this movie, I think he, I wouldn't have said he was a better actor than Triple H, but he was the best one in this movie by from an action acting standpoint. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Sure. Uh, the, while this ba- knife fight's going on, the henchmen all disappear. Uh, Rob Van Dam then confronts Seth, who has his daughter. Rob Van Dam then proceeds to slap Seth silly. I don't know other how else to describe yeah, the no, fight just between Seth. Slapping and, him. Just slapping him silly. It was like they tried to do a fight, but Seth was having trouble with it. The actor was, yeah. so they were like, "Okay, since you can't really sell a punch, just bitch I'm just slap gonna him a bunch. slap yeah. you." And we don't have a stuntman. For yeah. You. Rob Van then then kills uh, Seth. When he tries to get, you know, to take his gun, and he just snaps his neck and it's over. Um, it was very unsatisfying. Yeah, it was just like, all right. I literally, the last note I wrote about the movie was snooze. Like, well, it was just like the end of it's like, eh, okay. After Rob Van Dam breaks Seth's neck, we then cut back to um, the last henchman who gets it both, not just from Rob Van Dam, but also Batista. They team up together one mm-hmm. last time to kill the final henchman. And ladies and gentlemen, the battle is over. And yeah. the war is over. Um, Thank God the movie's over. Well, there's the scene where Batista, Rob Van Dam, and his daughter. Right. And Rob Van Dam's daughter's like, he's really cool. He's got cool tattoos. Oh. We should be hanging out with him more. Blah, blah, I blah, want blah, some blah, blah, blah. tattoos, Dad. Like, no. And again, everyone's acting like they didn't just go through this crazy traumatic Horrible night. Yeah, they're like, yeah. okay, that was cool. Everyone's what do you want to so do casual. now? Go get some fries? Yeah, it's like they went to the movies. Yeah. Well... I gotta say, there there was as the movie. I think it ends on a positive note because there, I think Batista has a very charming yeah outro to the oh, film. Oh, I totally so agree. Charming. I wrote that down as well. The line about you know Rob Rob Van Dam makes there's a whole thing in the movie where they're like, you know, being even for Rob Van Dam saving right. his life and Nam or whatever. Yeah. And so Rob Van Dam at the end of the movie says to Batista, so "I guess we're even now." And Batista's like, "Fuck you! I saved your life like three more times today." <laughs> You owe me like at least two or three more yeah, times. He's like I saved you from the ninja, like, from the big like, guy. Well, one of them you set me up for. He's like, eh, all right, that's yeah. like a half a one. Part yeah. of me feels like that might have been improvised a little bit because it seemed a little too natural. But yeah, I, yeah. I loved it. It I felt it was a, like way too natural compared to the rest of the movie that was just like, hello, how are you? Right. What are you doing now? And they so, could have ended it there, but then they had to have the daughter speak about his tattoos and how she wants them. Yeah, and it was right. just like, ugh. So yeah, the, it was just like a weird like fade out yeah. of the movie. So that was, and then that's how they end the film, guys. So that is yeah. the end of this fucking movie. Uh, before we talk about our feelings on the film, before we close it out, I want to talk about the writer, director, and producer of this film. Please tell me they're all the same person. They are. Okay, good. It's uh, going the Tommy Wiseau route. 
Oh, a gentleman by the name of David DeFalco, who was listed here on Wikipedia as a former professional wrestler oh. turned movie director. Oh, no. He directed a film called Backlot Murders in 2002 and a oh. movie called Chaos in 2005. I bet they're wonderful. His only real piece of uh, trivia, there's not much to know about David DeFalco, is an account of a screening of his movie Chaos, which was attended by him. And Roger Ebert was there, and oh, no. he detailed DeFalco shouting, I am a demon, and I am the king of violence, oh, during the film's Whoa. premiere. David DeFalco was actually in the film. As? He was the guy in the gas station, one of the, the gangsters, with the chain around his neck, yes. and oh. the contacts that made his eyes look yes, that like guy. Very, Yeah, oh, I just looked shit. it up. That's oh, David DeFalco. Fuck. Yeah, that guy was. Wait, was that the guy with the, like the dyed ice, hair? Yeah, black the hair, real skinny, and he had like, like ice no, blue no, eyes. No, no, oh, no. He looked okay. like a pro wrestler. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he yeah, stood yeah, out. Yeah, that guy yeah, really yeah. stood out. I, I think he was the first him. person to actually confront Rob Van yes. Dam and bring over That's animal. That's correct. That's correct. At the gas yes. station. Okay, I know who you're talking. Yeah. About. He un- yeah, 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 he yeah. did unleash Animal Cart. You're right. Absolutely right. So, three point nine out of ten stars on IMDb, guys. Uh, that feels we don't, generous. We don't normally do a 10, 10 star ranking, so let's go to our five stars. Let's start with our guest of honor, Frank Congelos. Where are you? Where are you putting this film in a star rating, Frank? I, and I'd like to hear your thoughts about the film. I'd give it three and a half out of five. Out of five for oh, a wrestling shit. film. For a wrestling no, 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 no. That's no, not no, how no, we no, do no, it. Okay. It's a Overall, a three. In, a in three. real life, we a gotta, three. It's an average movie. Okay. It's, it's it's slightly above average. Okay. Because it's bad, but it's super entertaining. I mean, yeah. cl- um, even though Clay is clueless, he's hilarious because he's so clueless. I, I found it's just totally unbelievable. And his daughter is annoying, but I and I just I enjoyed it. Batista saves it at the end, I believe. Oh yeah. But uh, for a movie that can't even make an hour and a half. I think it's a good average movie. I'd recommend people watch it. It's not the worst movie you'll do here, but it's definitely not the best. No, it's not the worst. Yeah, Craig, Uh, your thoughts, Craig? I was actually surprised something in this movie. When I paused it to like, because I was thinking, where the hell is Ja Rule? And I was like, how far into this am I? I was 45 minutes in, and I was surprised. Because I was like, oh. Yeah, it goes by quick. I yeah. thought this was going to be one of these things that's real shitty, and I'm going to like think it's been on. an hour, yeah, yeah. and it's been 20. Right. No. Uh, it moves. There's not a lot of like wasted s- scenes in the movie like where there's just like stupid stuff, um, which we've seen. like Other things have like long explanations of something that never matters. Um, I just... It, the acting is by far the worst of any movie we've done so far. Yeah, Rob Van Dam um, struggles a little bit. It, they all do, though. Yeah. Like, all of them. Um, and maybe it's because it's, he's awkward with everybody else. I mean, that could be it. But, like, it's bad. And I think that's why you should watch it. Yeah. Like, it's, like it's, watching him, like, watching how, like, unnatural all the conversations are is great. And Batista's great in the last half hour of the movie. It's a good, um, bad action but, movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know, two and a half, three... Like, it's bad, but I would watch it. I don't know if I'd watch it again now, but I, I, I would definitely say, oh, you like crappy movies? Watch this one. It's, it's, it's right up your wheelhouse. Okay. So, before I give my thoughts, I want to share this fact with you guys. Dave Bautista stated in an interview with Men's Fitness Magazine that upon watching the finished product, 
of this film. Cool. He was appalled and ashamed of his acting and yep. began to work under an acting coach. I mean, he improved, that's fair. And he's improved vastly since then and has been cast in Guards in the Galaxy and Bond Spectre. So kudos to Dave uh, Batista for taking this pretty seriously. Yeah, a major turning point in his career. I, and honestly, I think if I was... If, if, you, if you were in this movie and you watched it you would be embarrassed i feel like you have to it's just not like the production value is bad everything about it's bad the action scenes aren't good except for that knife fight um rob van dam can't hold a gun like all of it it's just not good but like for us it's great to watch sure but if i was in that movie i'd be full-on embarrassed another thing guys i don't know if you noticed this but this film was filmed with the red camera was it and we're talking 2010 red, red camera. So, like, where it cost 50 grand for that fucking thing. No, it's still a very cheap camera. It's still in that low yeah, price they point. Were, they I have they a whole... The, yeah, they have a $100,000 one now. But right, they have... Right. But this was when the red camera was one model. Mm-hmm. One model yeah, only. Yeah. And it was one of the first, quote-unquote, high-end digital video cameras. Mm-hmm. So that's why the movie looks the way that it looks. It's because it's a red camera. And this is that period of time in film where you could tell... That it was filmed with a red camera. Right. It's been so long since I've seen a movie that was made with this camera. It used to be at this time. Yeah. I'd be like, red camera, red camera, red camera. But it's I been so long that I, I forgot. I was upset so much with the film quality of it. This is like... But you could tell. It, yeah. was, it was low budget yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is the second time that I've seen this movie. Um, I think, Frank... I'm sorry. You may remember when I watched it the first time. I was like, go see this fucking thing. Yeah. I watched it immediately as well. So this yeah. was the second time I saw okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, this did not kind of Better hold... the first. It did not hold its luster for me. No? I would... I, the I first, can't imagine... The first time that. I saw it, I'd, I'd probably give it like a four out of five. Oh, wow. I'm going down to like a two and a half. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, listen, I'm going to say this. One of the strongest aspects of this film, and you kind of touched on this, Craig, the editing. The pacing and editing of this film is top notch. It yeah. keeps it interesting. It keeps it moving. There's well, no. I think there's they no. They just lulls. didn't have anything. To yeah, do. maybe they didn't have anything. They're else. like, we don't have. We can't go with anything else. It's, right. it's unusable. So because of that, it makes it entertaining. Uh, the performances. Rob Van Dam's acting is terrible. Awful. Uh, everybody else's acting Wife's is terrible. Awful. Everybody. The clay is there's awful. There's nobody here who's is an actor. Seth is just a yeller. Ja Rule is probably the best actor, and Omar actually Omarion was pretty. Omarion's pretty good. Ja Rule's pretty good. Batista. Well, the, the best actor, I think, overall is probably the cop. Yeah. That yeah. goes on to Westworld after yeah, yeah, he yeah. probably it's did a ton kind of a big deal. He was Abrams. kind of, yeah, he was kind of out of place at points. Yes. And yeah. then because yeah. of that, it made yeah. his performance weirder. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five. Um, I still like, you know, it's fun to watch. The fight sequences were yeah. the scene in the park. There's a YouTube video that you can look up where it's the quote unquote best scenes, best fight scenes of yeah. this movie. And if you watch that, you're probably good. Yeah. Because um, it has the whole Ja Rule thing where he gets shot in the head, and it has the knife fight in it, and I think it has the gas the If gas there would have been more of a Warriors thing to it, I think it would have been better. Yeah. Like, because that gang at the gas station is a weird gang. It's a weird gang. Yeah, it was like a goth gang. It's like punks and goths yeah, and then, in, like, giant out. muscle heads and, like, thug dudes. Like, it didn't make any sense, but it was cool. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like, if this keeps happening and they fight some of the other gangs or something, like, over him, yeah. that would have been awesome. Right. But no. So, there you go, guys. Wrong Side of Town, Dave Batista, Rob Van Dam. I don't know that we'll have a chance to discuss any more Rob Van Dam or Dave Batista movies unless 
we do other non WWE studios films right. because they have never, as far as as far as my memory of the catalog, have never made a film for WWE studios. So uh, this may be it. This may be our yeah. one and done on these guys. So nice that we could kill two birds with one stone. But uh, that is that. So that is going to be uh, any closing thoughts from either you, Craig, or Frank. No. Uh, yeah, I think this is a movie. If you want to watch a shitty movie, this is this is a movie for you. Yeah. If you're interested in seeing Dave Bautista's acting roots, yeah, watch this because and you can tell when he. When he hears that No Man Left Behind, it's like a turning point yeah, for it's his crazy. acting career. It yeah. really is. It's like you could see it in his eyes like, okay, <laughs> I'm on to bigger and better things. If you want to think Dave Bautista yeah. is a lot better than he really is, watch this movie. That's right. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. So thank you, Frank, again for joining us this That's week. It's my pleasure. We will see you next week, mm. Frank, uh, when we discuss the 1980s film oh, Body so Slam good. starring... Rowdy, Rowdy wait. Piper. Cannot wait. Um, so until we, until then, everybody, we still don't have a catchphrase for this nope. podcast. And we'll see you next week. See you later, guys. All right, thanks, guys.